coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we put on our PJs and dream of Pokemon Sleep. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including a recap of yesterday's Pokemon Presents. And then on Thursday, we are talking about our experience at Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood with special guest Ryan Mogi. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, I think I've talked about in the past how I listened to, like... Um, audiobooks when i'm going to sleep mm, mm-hmm. uh to kind of like focus my brain on something else yeah, just yeah, give it yeah. a rest and i can like go to sleep and so recently i instead of listening to audiobooks have been just putting on like youtube videos episodes of this show <laughs> <laughs> uh YouTube, youtube videos okay. youtube videos um and so one was like this playlist from i think it was GameSpot. um that was like uh, all every video was like 20 things you didn't know about breath of the wild like 12 things you they didn't know about have Breath done of the Wild. So many of those yeah, videos. Done so many where of those it's, videos. Where it's like somehow 37 <laughs> even more things you don't didn't know about Breath of the Wild from like 5 years ago. But it is absolutely 100% affecting my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, and not even in like necessarily like predictable ways okay. where uh you know it's like I'm not having dreams where I'm like on the great plateau or anything. It's just like really messing with my mind. I don't know if I should keep doing it. No, I mean you definitely should <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so I, I watched the uh, the Pokemon presents this morning, uh, and uh, then like you know YouTube like served up something else while I was like getting ready for my day. Ah, uh, because um, I had it up on the TV, and I'm I was definitely wandering around before the thing was over. Um, and uh, it served up to me a video that was just like a compilation of I couldn't really tell what it was. Like it was supposed to be like Zelda, like clips from various Zelda games. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, fr- from the first three Zelda games, I'm like, okay, okay this makes sense. Uh, here's uh, Legend of Zelda. Here's Zelda 2. Here's A Link to the Past. Uh, and then there was, like, some footage from uh, Link's Awakening, and it started with, like, uh, it, like, the screen that said, like, virtual console on it. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's weird. They, like, grabbed some, like, I like it. Obviously, they got this from virtual console. That's fine, I guess, but, like, you know, whatever. Um, and then the next thing was like a trailer, seemingly a trailer for Zelda 64 before it was Ocarina of Time. Huh. And I was like, what is this compilation? And I'm sorry I took so long to describe it, but I just got, like it felt like and then I, you know, when I turned off the TV, um, like I couldn't get back to it. I don't know where it was served <laughs> up to me from. It may have been a dream that I had. <laughs> I'll never know. Yeah, maybe it was my dream state projected made real mm. into this like YouTube video some sort through some sort of like nefarious AI. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Mark's dreamscape made real, we've got uh Patreon <laughs> uh where we are uh offering uh, a bunch of um bonus content including uh, episodes of a series that we are calling NCS Detective Club. Uh, it's Mark and I watching classic detective shows and uh, talking about them. Uh, we've talked about Murder, She Wrote. We've talked about uh, Monk. Uh, and then coming out this Friday, we've got a new one where we're going to be discussing Diagnosis Murder. Yeah, so check that out at patreon.com forward slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. We have a bunch of other great rewards up there as well. Yep, uh, and if you are interested in joining our Discord, you don't need to be a member of the Patreon. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and we will send you an invitation. You can join the Discord. I was about to call it a Discord. That's not what it is. It's Discord. Um, where We're having great conversations about Nintendo stuff all the time. Tell you what, when there's something like this Pokemon Presents or uh, anything like that, that is the place that I go to first to be like, how are people reacting to this? Absolutely. Um, because, uh, frankly, I don't care what how most people are reacting to it. Our community, though, they got their finger on the pulse, Mark. Absolutely, 100%. So get in there. Uh, it's a great time. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Uh, 
First things first, Tetris 99 ticket update. Dun 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 because I have an opportunity to earn 28 tickets. But every does week. it but it keeps you on schedule? It keeps me on schedule. Yeah, yes. Okay, Tw- yeah. 20 is the schedule. That's right. I I feel like I I'm sure I've said this before, but we we've got to do something. I got to get you a cake or something to commemorate 999 when it happens. Mark, you've got time. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh, uh, other than that, um I I spent a little time uh in that uh, Nintendo Switch Online Game Boy Online Library. I played all the way through Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins, which at some point I said uh, estimated on the show was like maybe a five or six hour game. I'm wrong. It's like an hour and a half. <laughs> I feel like uh, that is such a, for me anyway, such like a virtue of all of these Game yes. Boy games is they can, they just can't be that long with some rare exceptions. Right, right. Well, and also like a lot of them can be long, um, but I tell you what, you got some rewind there, and you're like, hey, I don't have to die on this cheap little uh, spike thing, uh, this single impossible jump that makes this whole level hard. Yeah, I still I still hold every video game should have a rewind feature. Yeah, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, I, I want to see the end, come on, D- don't make me like commit this level to memory just so I can see Wario, right? Right. You want to see Wario in that game? Yep. He uses the same power-ups you do, it's so charming. Yep. Um, anyway, that game's great. Um, Mark, I, look, I am also still uh, playing Fire Emblem Engage. I want to get to that uh, sort of at the end of the segment. Um, but I put it on pause for a second so I could start the Metroid Prime remaster. Because you were waiting for the physical version, is no, that right? that's not right. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was just waiting. Oh, got uh, it. The, part of the reason that I didn't engage with it right away was because of Fire Emblem. Uh-huh. I hated that I said engage and then went and moved talking about hey, Fire, Fire Emblem. Hey, Fire Emblem did it. I, I, it did it true. to you. It's Fire Emblem's fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. No. Um, no, I, I was kind of like, look, I have such like limited time to play games um, and I know I'll have fun with either one of these games, but why start one when I have another that's like mid-go? Uh, and, uh, you know, I was playing it a little bit this weekend and I was like, you know what? Uh, want to give uh, metroid prime uh, a spin so i'm still super early in the game um i just got the morph ball um uh, so like very very early like first hour or two um and really enjoying it shocked at how good it looks um even though that's been the scuttlebutt around it the whole time um uh, and yeah just remarkable how well it plays um with the uh like new control scheme uh and just like I don't know. It just feels good to like run and jump around in first person in that game. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on it. I fi- I finished it this past uh, week without a rewind feature. Or without a rewind feature, that's right. And um, again, the first time I had played it since the GameCube era, so it had been a very long time. Um, I uh, don't know how excited I would be, only because I I don't remember having that much fun with Echoes, and I did not really like Metroid Prime Three. Right. I I realized as I was finishing Metroid Prime that my ex, that my thoughts on that trilogy are very similar to my thoughts on the Arkham Knight trilogy. Mm. Where like I for me personally, I still think Arkham Asylum is the best of those games yeah. because it is the most like focused and then, you know, like as the series progressed, they added additional mechanics and, you know, like opened up the world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I really think that uh Arkham Asylum really benefited from just being like this singular experience almost not in a bad way but kind of just like you're going down this corridor you're just going to continue right and i think metroid prime really benefits from that as well like it's almost it's because it was the first time like the limited scope of it and how you are just spending the majority of your time on talon 4 but within that you have all these different varied biomes like by the end was I kind of sick of the backtracking? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of back and forth in the game and like yeah. a lot of just having to return to areas you've already been, but this time there's like enemies that are going to shoot at you some more. Like um <laughs> they're going to shoot at you different. <laughs> yeah. So like that but I had forgotten how the game like the the final so minor spoilers for Metroid Prime. The game is old enough that a lot of people have probably never played it before. And so this this will be spoilers for the end of the game. So now's your chance to skip ahead like two minutes. But uh, I had forgotten about the 
Metroid Prime battle. Yes. Like, with the the boss itself. And it's not like... uh, I don't think any of the bosses in the game are, like, particularly good. I thought the Ridley fight, or, like, Meta Ridley, or Mecha Ridley, whatever it is, at the uh, end, once you've gotten all of the um, uh, Chozo artifacts, was kind of lame. But the design of the Metroid Prime itself, at, like, the planet's core, it's like this, like, weird spider thing. It's pretty cool. I liked the I liked that Metroid Prime fight uh quite a bit. It's a great game. I really like Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, I'm so, I I I'm so proud of you for finishing the game. Um I I feel like we both get into like weird little ruts where like we play a game for a little while and then we just kind of like drift away. Um and I feel like we've been we've been there for a while, right? Um maybe since Kirby? Yeah, like a year. Um and uh you finished the game. I'm just I, I think that's I I just want to say, Mark, congratulations. Thank you. And the music is so good. Music's great. The music is amazing. There are, you, was a, are you mostly playing handheld or on, on the TV? I played mostly handheld. I did play a little bit on the TV. I played, like, the end on the TV. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I played it on handheld. Do you th- find that you are playing more on handheld now that you have the uh, OLED? You know, even before I got the OLED, I was playing more and more. You were drifting on, over to handheld. I was, yeah, yeah, I was playing more and more on handheld in general. And why is that? Is that, are are you doing that because I like I I don't really know. I you're think you're also watching TV. Or? No, no. I think usually when I'm gaming, I'm just playing games. I'm yeah. not really doing anything else. But uh, I think just because I, for a while now, have not had like a lot of dedicated hours to spend and so i have found it's more conducive to play in like 15 20 minute spurts when i'm doing it in handheld mode and i can yeah, just yeah, like yeah. set it down and then just come back and pick it up the next time i have like 10 minutes to devote to something yeah yeah um how about you i since you got the oled or do you think i you're feel playing like more i handheld? have i feel like i've been a, a lot more content to just like sit down on the couch and like pull it out of the dock and uh like even even when uh it, there's no like competition for the TV. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll just I'll just sit on the couch and and play it uh, in in my hand. Um, it is just such a like inviting, vibrant experience on that little screen that uh, I I guess I just don't mind doing it there instead of uh, on on the TV. Also, the music in Metroid Prime, a lot of it is very very good. Like that final boss battle, the music is amazing. It's just a, it's a it's a great game. It makes me really curious what metroid prime 4 will be yes because like i mentioned i didn't i don't really love where the metroid prime series went like i i especially be did not like metroid prime 3 um and uh metroid prime 3 feels like it's on the continuum to like the continuum that includes other m yeah yes yeah you know just when I really like Metroid games that are kind of like a, an isolated Samus experience. Yeah, and um, I don't want other dudes in there, <laughs> right? Like it, it, the world surrounding, like the Metroid universe, is not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I will be curious to see if like Metroid Prime Four. It has been so long since Metroid Prime Three. I know that there were teases of where the plot could go with the end of Metroid Prime 3, but I will just be curious, like, mechanically, if it is a direct continuation of the trilogy. And so it is that more, like, multi-planet, you know, you can fly yeah. Samus' ship for the first time, like, all those sorts of things. Or if it'll be more of a return to kind of this, like, it'll be like a reset, basically. If it's yeah. going to be, like, the Force Awakens of I mean, Metroid Prime. It's been so long that, like... Yeah, it seems like it does need to be something else, right? Like a a reinvention of like I wonder also like because the Prime games take place between um Super Metroid and Metroid no between Metroids two and uh Super right I can't remember and I just watched a video on it or <laughs> listened to a video as I was falling asleep not that long ago I think that's the pocket that they exist in um and I I, I wonder if like the new game will continue that or if they will occupy a different pocket or like just tack themselves onto like the end of the series. Yeah, I feel like it could be I I agree with you that I think Metroid Prime 4 could be anything. Yes. And after playing the original this like Metroid Prime remastered, um I am kind of like more like advocating for that. Yeah. Like I uh, I think it would be cool for it or it has the potential to be cool for it to be it's like 
it is Metroid Prime Four, but it, it's it's its own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I would also be cool with them not calling it Prime Four. Um, it, calling it like so, giving it another like subtitle and starting its own series where we think the first one is the best, and then they get like a little bit crappier with <laughs> e- each entry. Um, all right, so uh, we're, I'm I'm still making my way through uh, Met, uh, Metroid Prime. Uh, we'll report on that as I go. Um, just as I am continuing to report on Fire Emblem Engage, um, I'm doing like reliably two chapters a week. That's pretty good. Eh, it's taking me a long time to get through this game. Um, uh, although I guess just as last week, and I feel like I played it a lot, um, but I just advanced a single chapter, chapter ten, the one that uh, had warned me like this is going to be multiple battles, so like oh right, don't start this one until you're ready. So this one, I, I mean, uh, for a game I have not played, spoilers, but I just understand that this is yes. like a a big this is a moment in the point. story, this is a right? Point. Okay, uh, and I would like to mark with your permission. Talk about what happens in chapter ten. Yeah, please. I'm I'm never going to play this game, so <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, spoilers for what what happens in chapter ten of Fire Emblem Engage, the next like thirty seconds or so. Um. So it is a a two battle chapter. Um. The the first battle of which, uh, you are uh you trying to stop the one evil king from sacrificing a good king, uh, to like uh raise the the fell dragon. Um. And instead, the fell dragon appears and demands a well. One of the fell dragon's acolytes appears and kills the bad king, uh, and is like, "We're going to use your blood." Uh, you know, this shows you how much we value you. Um, and resurrects the fell dragon, so the the evil force in the universe appears and turns all of your emblems evil. So all of the rings and like superpowers that you've been using to like get the better of your enemy the whole time, this thing that I was like, this is what separates this game from the other ones. It has this great strategic edge to it. They're all gone. It's a devastating moment where you're like, oh, no. It's not just like losing characters. Uh, it's like losing half your party. Wow. Um, and and it's uh, the half of your party that are in every battle, because why would you not use the emblems? Are they evil as in, like, you can't access them anymore? Or are they evil, evil in as in that you can, you like, still to talk to them? them. Oh! <laughs> you're evil in that your opponents have them. Uh, and so the second battle in this, uh, in Chapter 10, is you running away from the enemies who have now taken your emblems and are using them against you. Okay. It's truly devastating, uh, and, like, Fire Emblem always has like these moments in it where um, they're doing something really, you know, dramatic or huge. Where you're like, "Wow, I can't believe it! It, it went to this place." Um, in Three Houses, it's like the the, the time jump um, and the sort of like the houses going from sort of like gentle animosity towards each other to being like warring factions on 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 this continent. Uh, in in Awaken, well, it doesn't matter. I, I don't need to list all the big spoilers from recent Fire Emblem games. Um, but uh, this was one that like. Because it's so tied to the gameplay, I felt so naked and vulnerable. Wow! With without my my emblems, that so. sounds that sounds pretty cool. It was uh, remarkably satisfying. And so, uh, I guess you haven't played any further, but I do. You suspect that you will be like regaining these emblems over time? Oh yeah, I mean they totally got Thanos snapped away. Like they'll be back. Like one hundred percent, we're doing it on your left situation. We're opening portals, and all <laughs> my boys are coming back. Because um, you know, like uh, in I guess you did pay for some of them too. So well, but the ones I paid for didn't go. Away oh okay, because they're not okay. part of like that story. Got it. So got like it. I do still have Claude Edelgarden, Dimitri, like hanging out in one um, bracelet um, that Eddie wears, and like she didn't lose that. Under um, got it. But yeah, all of like Marth gone. Uh-huh. I got no Marth. Celica gone. And these were like super powerful. Like I just I, I think about like how frequently I built my whole strategy on the map around like okay, uh, so uh, uh, Alfred with Sigurd is gonna like fly across the map because he's so fast, right? Uh, and like um, uh, this character with uh, Celica is going to use this ability called Warp Ragnarok, where you teleport across the map and cast a, a magic spell. Um, so rad um, that, like, you can close great distances when it's, like, you just need to defeat one dude. Like, you can send, like, two or three guys out to just, like, do it um, with these emblem abilities, and now they're just gone! Wow. Uh, when 
your enemies are using them in battle. Do yes, they... their eyes are red. Do... Yes, oh, okay. Do they do they have like dialogue? Like, are they saying like mean things now? Like, is Marth like, "Ooh, I'm gonna burn you bad"? No, no. Uh, the... I, I don't think the evil emblems talk. Oh, okay. I think uh, uh, my enemies are taunting me as, uh-huh. as they use my friends against me. But no, it's like you can tell that they don't want to be evil. That they're like, okay, oh, it's, uh-huh. it's like a, it's like in Aladdin when when Jafar gets the the lamp. Spoilers for Aladdin, <laughs> <laughs> and the genie's like, sorry, kid, I got it. <laughs> He has to do it. Uh, he has to do it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's kind of cool. That's really fun. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm loving I'm I'm loving it. Uh, I'm slowly making my way through it. Uh, more updates uh, next week, I'm sure. All right, Mark. Um, th- let's. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into, into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Patrick, I'm sorry to report, I don't have anything to call out this week. Nothing. Uh, lo- looking at a list of games, and I don't, uh, I don't see anything in here that's interesting. Do you want to just like pick some titles here at random? Yeah, sure. Well, here's one that I uh, so on Wednesday, March first. Uh-huh. Um, Ken Follett's "The Pillars of the Earth" is released on Switch. I've read this book before, and so I had mm. to so I had to look up what it what this is. Um, the book is about like a man and his family building a cathedral, and so I had to look up what is this, and it's like a visual novel. Oh, which interesting. So they turned a book that you read into a Switch game. Yes, hmm. yes, and still kept it being a novel. Yes. Okay, so it's a short uh, a short road from well, I don't... novel to visual. Novel. Yes. Uh huh. Um, I thought you were going to call out A Fox and His Robot, which I assume to be a sci-fi retelling of Fox and the Hound. <laughs> uh, let's see. On Thursday, March 2nd, uh, Arcade, Arcade Archives Sky Kid Deluxe is released. Uh, and also Live Factory. Maybe Live Factory. You think that's a factory where uh, they build the band live? Remember Dolphins Cry, uh, uh, Lightning Crashes? No. I alone have you. No. You don't remember live? I'm sorry, I don't. This is a band from the <laughs> mid-90s, yeah. late-90s? Not. No, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I've seen them in concert three times. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, like lightning crash. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely, I, I don't think I've ever heard this band or any of their songs. And this can't be true. <laughs> you must have heard live at some point. I, I, we're basically the same age. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, listeners, if you've heard a live song, write into us and tell me how I've done a bad job of uh, telling Mark who this band is. Because he knows live, right? He knows live. I really don't think I do. <laughs> all right, Mark. Let's get out of the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, to kick us off here. Yeah, so today we are looking at a SparksNotes.com quiz. A sparknotes.com quiz. There we go. Where our task is going to be guessing the book from one star reviews. Now, the difference between Sparknotes and Sparksnotes, uh, Sparksnotes, that's the website that is uh, summaries of books written by Hal Sparks, right? It must be. Must be. All right, so the first one. Here's the one-star review, and then uh, we have four options for books. Okay, great. For several pages, a lady remarks to a man about what wonderful handwriting he has. Not exactly gripping material. Okay. Is this a tale of two cities, Anna Karina, Pride and Prejudice, or Tess of the Durbervilles? Uh, Karinina, right? Karinina. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's Tess. I've read Tess of the Durbervilles. I think it could be Tess of the Durbervilles. I think it could be A Tale of Two Cities as well. Mm, well, whichever way you'd like to vote, Mark. Well, I since you your blessing. first instinct was Tess of the Durbervilles and you've read it. I have read then, it. Then um, let's... No, it's Pride and Prejudice. That makes a lot of sense. Pride and Prejudice was among the three that you listed. 
It will run the four the that four I listed, in fact. See, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. If I wanted to read 200 pages of some overprivileged youth complaining about anything and everything for no legitimate reason, I'd pick, the, pick up my old high school diary. I'm going to guess Catcher in the Rye before you even read the, <laughs> the option. That is an option, so okay. let's see if you're right. And you are, in fact, yes. correct. This book is pointless. Nothing happens in the entire book. The characters just talk, drink, and cheat on each other. I would rather have gotten a root canal than read this book. Is this The Odyssey, The Scarlet Letter, The picture of Dorian Gray or the great Gatsby. Gotta be Gatsby. Gotta be Gatsby. It, it is, in fact, Gatsby. Because how could you claim that nothing happens in the Odyssey? <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, what is what is that awful introductory chapter all about? I nearly quit before I got started, and I almost wish I had. Is this To Kill a Mockingbird, Far From the Madding Crowd, The Scarlet Letter, or Fahrenheit 451? So this Far From the Madding Crowd is the Thomas Hardy book that I've read. Right. But I don't remember there being a first chapter that would, like, that I would describe as awful can you uh read the options again to kill a mockingbird okay far from the matting crowd uh-huh. the scarlet letter or fahrenheit 451 so i've read most of these i've just not read fahrenheit 451 i don't remember there being a weird int- introductory chapter to any of these yeah i don't either i will say that i found i mean i read it when i was in high school but i found the scarlet letter really boring and yeah. so this would be that would be my vote for only that fact yeah go for it it was, in fact, The Scarlet Letter. Yes! Uh, ma- maybe I wrote chapter? that one-star one review. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't re- I don't really... I'm, I'm going to look it up. Okay, later. great. Uh, here's the next one. You know what grinds my gears even more than the fact that I wasted oh, a week Jesus. on this worthless pseudo-classic? It kills me that people only mistake this hoax for real literature, but reference it for romantic value. Is this Wuthering Heights, Brave New World, Sense and Sensibility, or Midsummer Night's Dream? Mm, so it's probably not Midsummer or Brave New World or Brave New World. I'm gonna say Sense and Sensibility. I, yeah, okay. No, it was Wuthering Heights. Uh, half of the book is incredibly boring with long descriptions of a battle that no one cares about. The other half is just a bunch of rich white families hosting parties. Okay, is this War and Peace, Gone with the Wind, All Quiet on the Western Front, or The Grapes, Grapes of Wrath? Definitely not on All Quiet on the Western Front or The Grapes of Wrath. Right. Um, uh. War and Peace? Maybe it's... I've never read War and Peace. I haven't either, but it based on the descript, based sure, on this one-star sure. review... Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yes, it was, in fact, War nice. and Peace. Uh, every single chapter just goes on and on. The best way to make it interesting was by making everyone related. The twists are overly dramatic, makes no sense, and are presented as life-changing. Um, little Women, Candide, Their Eyes Were Watching God, or Great Expectations. Ooh, probably great expectations because uh, they are all related in Little Women. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, um, yeah Great Expectations, another like a book that I kind of loathe, and it is in fact Great Expectations. It's definitely Great Expectations. Uh, I, it, next one, I get it. It's an American classic full of motifs and imagery, but that doesn't necessarily make it a masterpiece. The only thing truly masterful about this tale is how short it is. Is it Animal Farm, The Old Man of the Sea, Invisible Man, or Slaughterhouse Five? Ooh. I feel like the fact that he's, like, full of motifs and imagery. Is that Animal Farm? Is Animal Farm? It's got to be Animal Farm. Is this the last one, by the way? Our, our recording ran out. Oh, uh, it can be the last one. It, and sure it, it is. it was, in fact, The Old Man in the Sea. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were accompanied today by the Hartwick Wind Ensemble. All right, Mark. Let's get into the news. Yesterday. February 27th was Pokemon Day, and there was a Pokemon Presents video released at 6 a.m. Pacific time. It was roughly 30 minutes of news and updates from the Pokemon Company, and it kicks off. (laughs) I editorialized here. It was not worth getting up for, and uh, Mark was gracious (laughs) enough to not read that. Well, I... uh, You didn't do it. uh, Well, yeah, I I did. did, You got up at 6 to watch it? Uh, I I was already... uh, I I had woken up. I rolled over. I looked at the, the clock, and it was 5.45, and I was like... I get out of bed now. I could put on a pot of coffee, uh, uh-huh. and I could watch this thing. Yeah. If something exciting happens, I want to be there. I nothing did, exciting happens. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it after the fact, um, and I I thought it was fine. Sure. I, I, um, I don't really have super high expectations for uh, 
like uh, Pokemon is not a franchise that I'm super invested in. Right. And so, you know, it didn't really, it didn't really matter to me what was announced. Right. right, right. But here is what was announced. So we got some non-gaming updates. Here's a list of things that don't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> the Pokemon World Championships were announced to be held in Japan for the first time. This kind year, of crazy, right? Yeah, kind of. August 11th through 23rd in Yokohama, Japan. Players will compete in the trading card game, uh, Scarlet and Violet, Pokemon Go, and more. Mm -hmm. Also, we got a trailer for something called the Pokemon Trading Card Game Classic. Now, this is the kind of nonsense that I love because they refuse to explain what this was. No, uh, they just showed as like a very uh, like hoity-toity trailer. Of, like, a man walking into a room carrying a uh, big black box, uh, sitting down at a table across from a woman, uh, opening this big black box, and it being, like, the perfect playing field for uh, Pokemon, the card game. And then either the cards were part of this or not. There were, like, little tokens and everything. And I've not played the Pokemon card game, so I can't tell you how much of that is, like... I can't tell you anything about what this is. Yeah, there was this part where it's there was almost as part of this like deluxe. Imagine like a really premium deluxe chess set. Yes. But instead of chess, it's like a really incredibly nice version of uh the Pokemon trading card game and presumably like the initial 100 or so cards. I think is like what is being presented here so like the original yeah, the original I, trading card game. So that's that's my my question is that like is it is it just like a you know a, a starter deck or like a complete set of like the the originals or is it like just enough for two people to play? Like, does it take the sort of um, like collectible and like deck building part of it out of the gameplay? So it's just like you open it and you and an, another person can play Pokemon like wherever, or is it just like a fancy way to play the regular Pokemon card game? Yeah, I don't. No. The fact that they call it, like, classic makes me think that it is yes. specific to a certain point in time mm -hmm. of the Pokemon, uh, the card game. One thing that I... This made me realize that I've never watched a true match of the card game being played because there was something, some accoutrement to this, uh, like, deluxe set that was like a shallow bowl or dish, and they're, like, rolling balls in it or something i mean and it's unclear to me how much of this is like real and like part of the game and how much of it is just like something that you can like swirl around in your hand as you're playing like i don't know is, is yeah. some of it just like a like a tumbler with like a bourbon in it like what <laughs> what is this what is this experience yeah i i don't i don't really know but this for me was probably like one of the most intriguing things yes and uh because well, here's the thing here's the thing we uh, are big into video games. We play them, right? Uh, and there's always, like, a, a gulf between, like, how seriously we take these things and the amount of money we spend on them and, like, the sort of just, like, aesthetic build of a lot of these things. Um, and to see the Pokemon company be like, no, we're going to do, like, a classy, like, you can have this in your home. It's not going to be, like, you can have it yeah, on a table. Yeah, the thing beautiful. It looked beautiful. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Pokemon Go Plus Plus in a little bit, but it's like, that's a gaudy, audacious little thing that, like, if you have that sitting in your bed with you, someone's going to be like, hey, what is that ugly thing? And you'll have to explain. But, like, you could have this very cool, sleek-looking box uh, to play the card game on, and, like, that's cool. And I always wished, like... Man, if I could have, like, a premium Nintendo 3DS that, like, my old, like, 3DS library lives on, like, I would love that. Something that is just, like, not embarrassing to pull out and that, like, looks cool and looks nice uh, and I could just, like, have it out somewhere. Uh, the the untoyness of it is is very appealing to me. They also announced a new animated series coming to Netflix called Pokemon Concierge. It's a Netflix series where Pokemon are guests at a resort. There appears to be, like, a human that is working, yeah. I guess, is like, the concierge at this um, resort for Pokemon. It's, so is, it, is this a mixed, like, live action? No, it looks like it's all stop-motion okay. animation. Hmm, interesting. Um, and the they showed a very brief, like, teaser trailer for it, but it had very... Uh, like, just based on the premise and the name, you could imagine it kind of having, like, the frenetic energy of the animated TV show. But it was very, like, 
it calming chill, and yeah. relaxing. And, you know, a lot of the trailer was just the sound of waves. Was just waves and then a Psyduck going for a walk <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Kind of freaking out, losing his mind. That's what Psyduck does, though. Yep. Uh, we also got a few updates on the spinoff games. So Pokemon Unite, uh, Zacian from Pokemon Sword, the legendary that has, like, a sword in its mouth. And I always got to wonder, like, is that sword part of its body? I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Um, is coming to the game uh, as well as, like, some special events and items around Zacian. Pokemon Cafe Remix. Remix is getting the Scarlet and Violet starters and some other stuff. Uh, I just want to point out... Uh, uh, Pokemon Cafe Remix. Um, it's got two separate little accents over E's uh, in, in the title of this game, uh, Pokemon and Cafe. Um, I, I, it's the only time in typing up our, our notes for the for the news portion here that I put the accent on the E in Pokemon uh, because they have it on both Pokemon and Cafe. And then Pokemon Masters EX is getting six more trainers for the game's three and a half year anniversary. Which again, I don't know that we can celebrate half year anniversaries, but <laughs> I like it though. It's a, I like that it's a three point five, and uh, the other like weird anniversary we got hyped up for was like the thirty fifth anniversary. Yeah. So maybe it's just something about the thing three is, and five is an anniversary. I remember them doing this last year too of two point five year anniversary. It seems like they should have just released the thing <laughs> six months earlier in the first place or later. And then we get a few updates on the the marquee games, including Pokemon Sleep, which look, I thought it was I thought it was Pokemon Dead, right? Yeah, we heard Here about it is. we heard about this existing a few mm-hmm. at least a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. And now we are uh we are we saw the essence of it, I can't even remember if we saw like anything from the we game itself. We see some things on it on on a phone screen. Yeah. So uh, it launches this summer, and um, it it's they're introducing this peripheral. So you use it to like track your sleep, and based on um, and you can like set alarms and stuff too. Right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's like a it seems to be a a lot like other sleep tracking apps that are available on the app store for your phone, where uh the ones that I have seen are like you put your phone face down on like the edge of your bed, kind of like by your pillow. Uh-huh. And then it you, uh, is measuring your movements throughout the night to kind of determine like how much your REM cycle, where you are in your REM cycle and how deep your sleep is and like kind of manage your sleep health. And, and so it seems like what they're doing here is something very similar, but then based on the readings, it is determining, like, oh, you share sleep habits of this Pokemon. Right, right. And, like, then you earn, like, a badge for sleeping for a night like Pikachu or, uh-huh. like, the Snorlax. I, that's got to be the end game, right, is uh, sleep Yeah, like that's Snorlax. peak sleep hell. Right. I mean, you, that, you may be, like, sick or something <laughs> if you're sleeping like the Snorlax. Oh, you mean end game, like, dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah definitely. Are you uh, sleeping 21 hours a day? <laughs> you then, might be then... a Snorlax. <laughs> Snorlax Foxworthy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, so I, I know I know that people do use, um, like, sleep tracker apps. Is this anything that you've ever messed around with, Mark? I have tried it before, like, way back when I first got a smartphone for the first time, but nothing extensively. What about you? Uh, no, the idea of bringing the phone... But anytime... I do frequently bring the phone into the bedroom, but I just use it to poison my brain. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so I don't, I don't really like the idea of melding that with my sleep schedule. And I guess that's part of what the Pokemon Go Plus Plus is about. Yeah, that's right. So this is a new peripheral that, or I guess really like a revision of the Pokemon Go Plus. It's like a plussed up version of the Pokemon oh, Go some Plus. Some might say. Yeah. Uh, so Pokemon Go Plus, yes. if I'm remembering correctly, was mm-hmm. something that you could carry with you, put it in your purse uh, or just a bag. And as you were walking... Or your purse. You could put it in your purse. Yeah, either one. But as you were walking around, or a tote, mm-hmm. you could tote it around. You could put it in your backpack. Uh, a fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Um, a small coin purse. You could put it in one of those uh, dog poop bags that you, you used could. to pick up dog poop. You could. Um, you could sew it into your skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like people would do with magnets because they're like uh, cyber hackers or something. Yeah, like that. or like Spider Man. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Spider Man works. Right? Uh, it, it must be right. I 
so Pokemon Go Plus was a thing that you could put in an assortment of places <laughs> and then carry it around with you, and it would like collect Pokemon for you as you were out and about, or at least simplified the process. It had a button on it. Okay. Uh, in pushing the button, you could uh, either throw a Pokeball or spin a Pokestop. That's got the it. Okay. Um, it's basically a way of doing the like mindless work of Pokemon Go without pulling your phone out. I see. So well, presumably this is the same thing, but for sleep. Yes. Well, and also for Go. So Pokemon Go Plus does all of that still. Right. And then Poke- still, it doesn't yeah. stop doing. Pokemon it. Go Plus Plus does uh-huh. all of that, and then it also mm-hmm. um, has like a little Pikachu inside the device that sings you lullabies, and then acts <laughs> as a sleep tracker or like a movement tracker, or whatever it's doing. Right. So the Pikachu that lives inside this thing. Sings you lullabies. Uh-huh. How frequently does it sing these lullabies? I, it has to be that you like push that button that you're also using to collect things in Pokemon Go. Right. And and then it sings you with the low fidelity speaker quality of like a Wii remote. I guess we'll have to wait in for reviews. It's a, Maybe it's a high quality speaker with the fidelity of the Wii remote. I don't know who this is for. I don't really know who this is for either because it feels like children probably are not using a lot of sleep trackers. Because children either sleep or they don't. Tracking is not going to help. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And the, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I, I know there are obviously people for whom uh, sleep tracking apps uh, work and or are valuable. Um, I just, I guess I question the utility of tying it to Pokemon and like gamifying it. Yeah, I agree. But Pokemon Go Plus Plus is out on July 21st. So presumably the Pokemon Sleep will be launching sometime around then. Um, and so that is the thing that's available. Another thing that will be available soon ish Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC was announced for the games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hidden treasures of area zero. That's what they're calling the whole two wave set of DLC. That's right. So the two waves are the teal mask coming in fall 2023 and then the indigo disc Arriving in winter 2023, the whole thing is $35. Uh, and there's no way to buy them separately. It's just you buy the, the the whole set and that's it. Did the Sword and Shield, did that DLC have a single name? Like not, that hit, I, not that I remember. I'm not remembering that either. I'm just remembering the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra as like the separate named things. It's interesting to me that this whole set has a name. Makes me wonder if it's possible there's another set coming down the line oh, later. Oh, interesting. Also, this is both, they both, they say these are both like story expansions. Right, right. So we, we're not going to get just Inkopolis. Like, that's right. not, that's not, one of these waves isn't just like a, a, a new skin for the uh, hub world. So you'll, in the first one, in the Teal Mask, which is coming in fall, you'll explore beyond Paldea to a region called Kitakami. And then in the Indigo, Indigo Disc, players attend the Blueberry Academy. You're like a um, exchange student there. Uh, and I hope that is meaningful to people who uh, played these games. Because just telling me that I'm uh, going to attend the Blueberry Academy as an exchange student uh, doesn't make any sense to me. But it is whimsical. The Blueberry is, Academy? Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I w- that'd be fun if my alma mater was the Blueberry Academy. <laughs> Go fighting blueberries! <laughs> uh, the Pokemon home functionality is still coming for the game, promised sometime in early 2023. And then in... Uh, Which, the... by the way, early 2023, that's now. Yeah, it could be any time. Mm-hmm. And then Walking Wake and Iron Leaves Terra bat- Raid Battles are now available in Scarlet and Violet, respectively. Uh, which... The the uh, the fact that these like Terra Raid Battles with these uh, new... Um, Pokemon are you know, specific to individual uh, versions of these games. Um, sort of brings me back to one of the things that I don't like about this uh, modern trend of um, you know having the the DLC on top of these uh, uh, releases of these games. I'm a very casual Pokemon fan, but I always love the idea of picking up the third version of a game that sort of just like combines all the content from both the games into one like neat package that doesn't exist anymore no it hasn't for a while hasn't for a while um and like i i don't know like i'm I'm always going to come to these well first of all i'm going to frequently buy these things too early and then not play them um but i think i'm more likely to get something out of it if i'm like waiting for a while and then like getting something that is uh the most complete package yeah, that I this, could get. No, I completely agree. Um for me, like my experience with these games 
if there was kind of like this like definitive edition, yes. that would make it easier for me. For yeah, sure, that's what I want. Um, I, but you know, but instead they're like, here's a thirty five dollar expansion that only makes your specific prong of this longer. So I can pay ninety five dollars to have a less complete version than if I had gotten like you know whatever. Uh, and it just the the switch over from the 3ds to the switch too it's like oh man i don't know there's just there's so much uh there's so much like little inflation built into that shigeru miyamoto has recently been giving uh, a number of interviews around super nintendo world and uh recently gave an interview with a martinez on npr where the legendary game creator answered questions about his legacy and the future of nintendo and it's been fun to have miyamoto out here giving interviews it's rare for mm-hmm. him to do so and we're gonna it seems like we're gonna have a lot of opportunity for this year especially at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. because he's got we a have, movie we have super nintendo world opening now which is a big deal for the company and then yeah like we have the super mario brothers movie releasing in just a couple of months in april and it he must be like oh, he's doing gotta be yeah tons of more press for that as well um you know we obviously were at universal studios this weekend and like it's there are ads for the Mario movie everywhere. Like, um, it's it it is a big deal internally at at, at Universal and with uh, Illumination, and it's going to be like, it's it's going to be huge when it comes out. And so yeah, he's definitely going to be hitting the uh, the publicity trail um, at, at, for that as well. It's cool to see him give interviews with people who aren't part of the gaming press, like. You know, it's it, it's not an interview with, like, Jason Schreier. It's A. Martinez. Yeah, they're not asking him, like, what's the deal with uh, Pikmin 4? Yeah, or, like, what happened to Donkey Kong Jr.? Where'd that Kong go? <laughs> Although somebody's got a corner him on that. We, we need answers. <laughs> we need real journalism. That's right. Uh, but, so one of the questions he was asked was about how, Mar- why Mario has such staying power. And Miyamoto responded, quote, Before, when I was asked this question, I thought that it's perhaps because the game sold well. And a lot of people have this experience of playing this game and playing it over and over, that it becomes commonplace for them. But now I feel that it's a little bit different in that Mario is kind of like your avatar or the person that represents you in the world. And that experience has been around for so long, an experience that can be shared with multiple generations. A father and their children can share that experience i really think another factor is the fact that mario was created as a character within an interactive medium so for example if i maybe you know drew mario as a comic book character i don't think he would have had this much staying power there was a time when people might have compared mario with mickey mouse and you know mickey mouse is a character that was born 50 years before my time and was obviously still around in my generation and i really felt like mickey mouse as a character grew alongside the medium of animation and in that same vein, I feel that Mario is growing alongside this digital medium. Uh, I think this is really smart. I love the observation that Mickey Mouse achieves icon status by being so intrinsically tied to the medium of animation that like, having a Mickey Mouse on your desk doesn't mean that you're a fan of Mickey Mouse necessarily. It means you're a fan of animation, right? Or you like the Disney house style. He can be representative of something greater, and you can like that greater thing. Mario being connected to the medium of video games is effectively mascotted for all of that. Yeah. Oh man. It's so true. Like Mario, yes, is like the mascot for Nintendo, but a hundred percent just like the mascot for video games. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. So, so it makes perfect sense that um, like being foundational to a, to a medium, to like a genre, um, like just allows it to uh, like embody all of the warm feelings you have towards all of your experiences with that with the genre or with the medium. Um, like Mario to me just like reads as fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I see Mario, I'm like, oh, this dude and I are gonna have fun together. Um, and so yeah, that's I'm sure people had that same experience with Mickey Mouse. So like yeah, a, a perfect comparison. Well observed, Miyamoto. And also on whether Nintendo will change when he leaves, Miyamoto said, quote, I really feel like it's not going to change. It's probably going to be the same. There are people on the executive team, creators within the company, and also people who create Mario. They all have this sense of what it means to be Nintendo. And so it's not like there are a lot of different opinions that go back and forth. Everyone has an understanding, this kind of shared understanding of what it is to be Nintendo. And so even when there's new ideas that come up, there's always the fact that it's a new idea, but also the fact that is it a new idea that really has the essence of Nintendo or not? And I think that's something that, you know, we have this incredible shared vision, almost a little scary shared vision about this. So I think there won't. It's not going to change. Um, 
important to note. Uh, this is not coming on the heels of a, 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 a retirement announcement no, or anything like that. Older. He's just older. He's a seventy-year-old man. So you know, we're just thinking about like the uh, potential end of anything, um, and uh, so that that that's why this question comes up. Um, what Mark? What do you make of this? Uh, there's like some sort of scary hive mind that has an <laughs> idea of what is and is not Nintendo. I think it's funny that he calls it out. Yeah, that it's scary. Um, uh, it's also interesting in that like. Nintendo is one of those corporate entities, one of those entertainment entities that everyone talking about them has to acknowledge does things that don't that don't make sense um, or that we can't see the the logic of. Um, and it's just like and so carefully guarding their Nintendo ness um, that like uh, they're they appear not to be afraid to make decisions that uh, alienate people or that don't. Uh, that don't match up with what their competitors are doing. And it's funny, or like, I, w- w- what do you think it is that like causes all these people to be like, oh, no, 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 this is the way that Nintendo works? Or like, are people making risky decisions there all the time? Do people like suggest something and someone's like, that's too Nintendo, and someone else is like, that's not Nintendo enough? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. It would be really, I don't think that we'll ever really understand. Yeah. But, and I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that, or it doesn't seem to me that he's saying that there's like a written like philosophy that they're right. going back to and like pointing to as like an Just ancient a text. shared delusion, exactly. <laughs> and like, does this you know m- match this like strict rubric of that we like put right. every you know decision through and see like does it you know like meet all the criteria for an. an it it seems to me that it is, and I think maybe what he means by like a little scary that it's a shared vision is like this kind of unwritten understanding yeah. of what is Nintendo, and it's um, I my takeaway from it is that it's more of just like a gut feeling of something that is like true to the company and something that is not. Um, but it's it's totally worth uh, checking out the the whole interview. Um, there, uh, it, Miyamoto's just such a delightful weirdo. I love him so much. Uh, there's a moment in the interview where uh, A. Martinez asks him, like, is there such a thing as, like, playing too much video games? And Miyamoto, like, thinks about it for a second, and he's like, I don't think so. I think you can play as many video games as you want, but, like, if it's a nice day, you can go outside. <laughs> uh, like, just a delightful man. And he's also posed with the question of um, uh, if you, uh, like, at the end of your life, you, you created all of these uh, great worlds. Um, if at the end of your life you had the uh, choice of occupying one of those worlds, uh, for eternity, which which one would it be? Um, and Miyamoto kind of like dodges the question by being like, "So here's what I like about my life. I've gotten to work on like a bunch of different things, uh, and so it means that I've always had the opportunity to like move between different ideas. So I guess uh, I guess if I had to choose, it'd be the bathtub." <laughs> She's like, sure. What? what? Sure. What? What? You are not answering the question, sir. And also, no. being in the bathtub, that doesn't allow you uh, multiple options uh, of no. things to work on. You from, work on one thing in the bathtub. From Mark. the man who brought you his delightful Pikmin Four T-shirt. Yes, that's right. The bathtub. <laughs> the afterlife is the bathtub. Uh huh. A few weeks back, IGN reported that Nintendo was not going to be attending E3 this year. This grand rebooted E3 that we mm-hmm. still don't entirely understand or know what it's going to be. Um, but now Nintendo has officially confirmed it, releasing a statement that reads, in part, quote, this year's E3 show didn't fit our plans. Does not fit their plans. It means Nintendo has plans. Reassuring. <laughs> Uh, so, Mark, what does this mean that E3 is at this yeah, point? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Ubisoft confirmed that they're going. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's an, there was another developer that also confirmed that they're going. So, I, uh, this really, truly feels like a painful transition year. Yeah. And um, I I think Reed Pop seems like a, you know, like obviously a competent organization for big events like this. Um and that they have partnerships with Nintendo. They do uh, PAX East, and Nintendo's going to be oh, at that. Oh, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, so I, I think this is just, like, I, I, I don't really know what to make of it. I don't. I think maybe it speaks more to the kind of year Nintendo has planned than it does E3 in oh, particular. interesting. Also, you know, this is coming even from ReadPop themselves when this report first came up or like around that there's been a lot of reporting about the c3 everybody's really curious about what the c3 is going to be and they read pop had a, a thing saying that like they just barely finalized 
what it was going to be and just barely right. sent out the contract. So maybe it's like timing. Maybe it's a confluence of things. Maybe it's timing. Nintendo has, you know, like an interesting schedule this year with Tears of the Kingdom coming out so early, like right. so soon before, before E3, E3 that maybe it doesn't make sense to have a big marketing yeah. beat just then because um, Tears of the Kingdom will probably still be dominating the conversation, you know? So sure. it's just I like... mean, but counterpoint, we don't know about anything coming from Nintendo after, like, uh, Pikmin is, is July. The latest thing that we saw in that, um, in the most recent Nintendo Direct was Sea of Stars, an indie game, right, that's coming out uh, at the end of August, I think the 27th or 28th, something like that. Um, so, like, there's the back half of the year that, like, we don't know what that's going to look like for Nintendo. And it's totally possible that they don't have a lot on, on their, on, on the docket. But, like, they have something. Right. Uh, You know, we were talking about in the Discord, I'm wondering if 2023 is, like, Nintendo's 2020. Uh, I don't think it was... 2020 wasn't necessarily planned to be the way that it was. (laughs) Yeah. But... um, (laughs) For anyone or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, you know, they had Animal Crossing, and that kind of carried them through the year. They obviously, you know, there was the Mario 35th yeah. anniversary stuff. It very successfully carried them through the year. But yeah, it, it definitely carried and them through the year. And I wonder if Tears of the Kingdom is going to be a similar thing. You know, you have Tears of the Kingdom in May, and m- maybe that is like the headliner release for the yeah. year. And, all you know, in 2020, I think it was 2020, we got... Uh, the new Paper Mario game, you got Mario 3D All-Star. So it's not like there, like you said, there Jump was... Jump Rope Challenge. There was, yeah, there. <laughs> it's not that there was nothing. It's so, you know, ob- I expect Nintendo to continue to release games through the end of the year. Of, But I just don't know that it'll be, um, like, Tears of the Kingdom big. Right. Well, and uh, we had that Pokemon Presents, so we... Uh, and we got the the shape of the DLC, so it's yeah, and no other no other like a po- big Pokemon. Game. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's true. So yeah, I I don't know. I I think you're right that this doesn't necessarily tell us anything about Nintendo's plans, other than E3 doesn't fit into it. Yeah, um, I do think it's interesting that uh, part of the uh, statement they acknowledge that Nintendo quote has been and continues to be a strong supporter of the ESA and E3. But no language about, like, we look forward to returning to E3 in future years or anything like that, um, which I do remember being part of the language of these press releases uh, around, like, the original cancellations of uh, of, of E3 back in, in 2020 and the sort of acknowledgement that there wasn't really going to be anything last year. Right. Um, that like a- everyone was like gently positive, forward looking, being like, we look forward to doing this again in the future. It's no kind of uh, there's no kind of uh, assurance like that here. Yeah, it's true. Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope may have fallen short of Ubisoft's initial sales expectations, but the crossover sequel brought home the Family Game of the Year award at this year's Dice Awards. Uh, so congratulations to Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, you won an award. <laughs> Um, it, it's, uh, it's like the only Nintendo or Nintendo adjacent game, uh, to win an award at DICE this year, which I, you know, I guess not, uh, we, we don't, we, we don't need them to win an awards. Uh, it's just a, an interesting observation that, uh, they're not really part of that. Square Enix has put out a patch for Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. This brings it to version 1.0.2. Square Enix has said that the frame rate has improved, which Patrick... Yes, you bought Chrono Cross: The Radical Dreamers Dreamer Edition when it was released, and you got it, stuck stuck at like a bug, like you just right. couldn't progress I, any further, right? True, I did get caught on a bug in uh, Chrono Cross. Um, I was entering an area and it was populated with the wrong enemies, and I checked it against uh, like a guide because I was like. Why, why do these things keep beating me? Why can't I progress here? But yeah, it's, uh, be, beyond that specific bug, which would make me have to restart anyway, um, the uh, game had really bad performance issues. Like, frame rate would frequently drop to, like, single digits, um, like, really, really bad. And then just sort of, like, regular combat encounters where it doesn't seem like it should be uh, doing that. So I'm not super encouraged in that it's uh, version 1.0.2, um, that after the second decimal point, like feels like a pretty minor revision. Uh, but I would take a minor revision at this point because uh, I, I I was very excited to play the game uh, and definitely ran out of steam when I hit that game breaking bug. But would like to revisit. And finally, we are getting one more Nintendo Direct for the one Su- more 
for the Super Mario Brothers movie. The direct will be on March 9th at 2 p.m. Pacific time, where they will be showing the final trailer for the game. And once again, they're getting out in front of it. There's no game information. Purely a trailer for Super Mario Brothers movie. Just a trailer for the movie. Um, how are you feeling at this point? Do you? I feel like I don't need to see any more at this point. Yeah, I feel like after that first... Honestly, for me, after that first trailer where right. it wasn't a complete disaster, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Well, okay, like, I get I, obviously, it I will end up seeing this movie. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, we we've seen sort of showcased uh, Seth Rogen and Jack Black and uh, Pratt and uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Um, so, like, we're gonna get some time with Keegan Michael Key. We're gonna get some time with Charlie, Charlie Day. Day. I think that's. I think those are the outstanding like major cast members. Yeah, uh, and we've not like we've seen Luigi running away from stuff, but I feel like we don't. We don't know Luigi. No, man. no, and maybe maybe I mean, he's honestly, <laughs> yeah, truly, truly, our sweet virgin Luigi. Um, <laughs> all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Discord, which is where you should really be chatting with us. Um, it's invite only, so you got to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation. Uh, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apipetti. You can get more of his music by going to apipetti.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.